Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. We welcome our guest, Sister Latoya Cooper, to share some of her journey when she was diagnosed with breast cancer and her current journey. Welcome, Sister Latoya. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you. Amen. So can you share a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? So I am, I'm a wife. I am a bonus mom, a prayer warrior, most recently breast cancer survivor. And I just, I really love helping and encouraging people to just believe in themselves. So I would say I'm I'm all of those things and more, but those are some of the things that are just coming to the top of my head right now. Amen. Great God. So how did you learn about your breast cancer diagnosis? So believe it or not, the lump just showed up and the Holy Spirit showed up right after. And the reason why I said the lump just showed up is because I was up to date with my preventive care. I had my annual physical. I had just saw my gynecologist in September. And because I'm under 40 and I don't have a family history of breast cancer, mammograms weren't a part of my preventive care. You know, mammograms start at the age of 40 unless you Mm -hmm. have a family history of it. So, but self-breast exams were. Right. And that was one of the things that I, I did and it was something that I, I remember to do often. I didn't do it as much as I should, but you know, when those moments pop up, I mm-hmm. remember to do it. So from the lump just appearing one day out of nowhere, it was just one of those reminders that, Hey, I'm glad I know my body. And I knew it was something different in form, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the, that was like a really like, I guess a light bulb effect for me. And I share it to say it's imperative that you put yourself first and your health first. And that involves making sure you do your preventive care, making sure you do your self-breast exams, especially if you're under 40, you know, so you really have to take care of your health first. Yes. And like you said, um, when I was preparing for this, I believe I was on a site that uh, said that at about age 20 um, and you could continue throughout the rest of your life, you could do the self-breast exam. Like you said, if you are at the age where you could have the mammogram. And as I was preparing as well, I came across a story, um, a young lady, she was in her 20s. And one of her symptoms was like discharge. I think she had mentioned bleeding from her nipple. Like she didn't pay any mind because she was working that day, but then later that evening, it came through her um, shirt. So she mm-hmm. went on and she advocated and fought for it because they're like, oh, you're just tired, like blowing it off. And yeah. she got um, the mammogram and it was literally like they saw in her armpit and um, a lump. And then then when she they she had mentioned that she she was, it was recommended that she get a mastectomy for both, like both her breasts taken off. And she said she was glad she did so because even though they saw it in one of the breasts when she was doing a the surgery, they saw another mass in the opposite breast that wasn't picked up on like the mammogram. So not only was she like in her twenties, you know, fighting for this, 
Yes. You know, they pick something else up as well. So thank you for sharing that self-care is so important. We have to learn and know our bodies and don't ignore stuff. Yeah. And I also want to add that, and I've heard stories where people had to fight as well to get a mammogram. With me, my doctor, um, my gynecologist, she was very proactive and the lump was so huge that it was protruding out of my breast. So when I went to see her, you know, as soon as I opened up my gown, she was like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm, (laughs) You know, and I'm like, okay, you see this too. It's not me. (laughs) Like, you know, it's really here. And she immediately wrote a script for me. And being on the fact that I was diagnosed during COVID, it actually took me some time, about two weeks to get in to actually have the mammogram done. So that was the other piece, being diagnosed during COVID and just the little delays and things like that, trying to get an appointment. But um, once I went in for the mammogram, they did a mammogram and an ultrasound on my breast. They said, you know, we want to make sure we're sure what's going on. And they sent me back for a biopsy, which was another two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So between the time of me finding the lump and receiving a diagnosis, I want to say it had been about a four to six week. I don't want to call it delay, but time lapse because of them getting me in for an appointment. And once they did the biopsy, they called me back a few days later and said it was it was cancer. Wow. Wow. And at that time when you found out that that's what it was, like what was going through your mind? What about your family? And just how can you just share some of what that was like? It was... It was a mix of emotions, you know, and as I, I started, I mentioned when the lump just popped up, the Holy Spirit popped up too. It's because when the lump popped up and I felt it, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking to myself, what is this? And like the thought was like, okay, what if it's cancer? And I'm like, no, you know, like in my head, like I'm playing this conversation mm-hmm. in my head and the Holy Spirit was like, well, what if it is? You know, it was like, it was preparing mm-hmm. me, but I didn't realize at the moment So when I received the phone call telling me what it was, I was, I experienced a range of emotions. Um, One, I was happy because I I knew what it was, you know, it Mm -hmm. wasn't like they weren't able to give me a diagnosis. I was also sad. I was upset. I didn't understand. Um, I cried a lot. Um, It was just one of those things where the tears just fell. (laughs) So, and my mom was everywhere. But when the day ended, I was hopeful Mm -hmm. because I received the call like later on in the afternoon. So when the day ended, I was hopeful. My husband, he was, um, he was extremely supportive. And it was just like, for me, like I had been through so much in my life that I was like, okay this is not going to take me out. Like, I don't want this to take me out. I have to fight and I want to fight. And I just knew that this journey wasn't just about me. I didn't know why, but I just knew it wasn't about me. And because I had grown really deep in my relationship with Christ, this time for what was happening in my life, I knew how to fight differently. Mm -hmm. I knew how to fight from a spiritual standpoint. So I was like, you know what, dear cancer, the game has changed. Like, (laughs) let's let's go. So it was just one of those things where immediately I had amazing prayer warriors that prayed Mm -hmm. for me and prayed for my husband. So it was just, you know, having that good support system starting out from the moment I knew um, and throughout my journey. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
And so when you had mentioned those emotions, I'm glad you're transparent because that helps people who are listening, who have gone through it, who maybe are about to go through it, that you're going to go through different um, aspects of emotions, which is not uncommon. It's normal. Yeah. You know, yes. but I love how you mentioned, like, based on your faith, at the end of the day, you were hopeful and like, okay, here we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's go for this ride. How was your treatment journey for you as well as your family, friends, and others? So it was rough. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at right. all. It was rough. Every day was different. Um, you just, I didn't know what to expect or mm-hmm. what was going to happen. Chemo is extremely hard. It's hard mentally. It's hard emotionally and it's hard physically. You know, I, I'm a very active person. I love to do stuff. I love to help out with family and friends, just, you know, do whatever. And it limited me on what I could do. So that was a challenge for me because I actually had to be still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was extremely taxing on the body and just the side effects. I had to learn how to navigate daily with the side effects, you know, between the vomiting, the the pain that just was deep down in my bones where you really couldn't find out where it was, but it was there. The chemo brain, which I think now it's called CRCD, which is cancer-related cognitive decline. I recently found out that what that um the new name that is called. But that was very hard too, because I considered myself as a person to have a great memory. And things would just like slip through my memory. And I'll, you know, I'll be standing there thinking like, okay, I came in the kitchen for this, but why am I in the mm. kitchen? Like, it was just, it was, it was really interesting to be in it and to experience it. Mm-hmm. So, and even now that I've finished the, the, um, the treatment, like I'm still going through some of the symptoms with the chemo brain. So it doesn't like, you know, you finish treatment Mm -hmm. and everything just goes away. There are still side effects that your body is trying to get back Mm -hmm. to uh, its new normal because I'm not going to go back to who I was before this. So it's a new normal. And then the other thing was the neuropathy. Mm -hmm. Um, That was new and different with the numbness of your hands and your feet and different parts of your body just will go numb at any moment. So it was like I had to learn how to function with function with being diagnosed with breast cancer, then function with going through it and the side effects and the treatment. And it was hard on my family and friends. They they didn't tell me this. You know, now we're able to talk about it. But, you know, just talking with my husband, you know, I know now that it was hard on him just seeing me in the state that I was in. And they, you know, they didn't share it at the time, but it's good now that we're able to talk about it and just go through it and just say, you know what, during this time period, you know, I felt this way about it and stuff like that. But they also had each other to talk to. So that was the good, the good part of it was, you know, it wasn't like placed on me because she's fighting. She got to get through this. So, but we'll have each other. So it was just one of those things where, even when I look back at the pictures now, I'm like, wow, but mm. you did this. Like, God really See. brought you through this. Amen. You know? Amen. So. Wow, thank you for sharing. Yeah, Sister Lutonia, I, I got a question for you. Yes. What have you learned spiritually during your treatment journey and currently? 
So spiritually, oh my goodness, like I, I've learned, I've grown so deep in my faith. Like it's just, (laughs) and one of the things that I learned is that God is always there. You know, you hear about it, you know, you may hear people saying, oh, God's always there, but to actually experience it and to feel the Holy Spirit, like walking you through moments in your life and realizing that everything you go through, he's going to be there, whether it's good, bad, or or different, whatever it is, he is there. And the other piece is that he will send the right people at the right time. You know, there was times where someone would, I'll be going through like tremendous pain. And then someone would either text me and say, Hey, I was thinking about you. Or they would send something inspirational. They say, Hey, I just want to pray with you. And it would be exactly when I needed, you know, and I would tell them like, look, I needed this at this moment. Mm -hmm. Like I needed this pick me up. So that was the other piece is just seeing how he worked. And how he put everything in alignment as I went through this journey. Wow. You know, and just to hear that, like, it sounds like your faith got so much, like, deeper, you know, and had you not gone through this, you wouldn't be where you are in this journey. And like you said, you know, the Holy Spirit knows what we need when we need it right one time, like with the text messages, the prayers and God is so awesome. Praise God. And one thing I wanted to share uh, is that no one really wants a diagnosis. Yes. Amen. Because I've got one. Mine is HIV positive. I've been HIV positive for 37 years. And when I first found out, uh, I didn't change right away. Mm-hmm. But when I got saved and I realized, I said, Lord, I've been going through this for a long time and God has been keeping me all of this time. Now, I always knew that God kept me. But when I, when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, a light came on and it drew me closer to the Lord spiritually. And, and, and it's kind of crazy for me to say this, but I thank God for my diagnosis because it's my diagnosis that kept me to who I am today because with that diagnosis, a lot of stuff that I quit doing Yes. A lot of places I quit going to, a lot of things I quit uh, being around, a lot of people I stopped hanging around with. So I thank God for my diagnosis. And even to this day, I thank God for everything that he allowed me to experience throughout this diagnosis. Yeah. And just to add to that, you know, because we asked about your diagnosis and your emotions and, you know, I have a diagnosis as well. I think it's been a couple of years. I don't even keep up anymore. But I was diagnosed with MS and, you know, okay. in the beginning, you're like, okay, mm. God, this is like interesting. Like, you know, you do have a lot of different types of emotions, but at the end of the day, I kind of can relate to what you were saying. I was hopeful, like, okay, let's bring it on. Let That's me not, get yeah. connected to some support groups. And, you know, uh, my mother in love, um, she's my late mother-in-law in love. She's gone to be with the Lord. Um, she had MS, but during her time, it was like a lot of different differences compared to now, um, modernly, um, because hers progressed, uh, differently. So we have technology and medications and I, you know, I do my treatments, but it's so interesting because when I go and do my treatments, I see people that are getting, I guess, chemo because I see the bell and things like that or whatever and different types of, cause I get, a, you know, an infusion. Um, okay. so it's very, um, 
you know, humbling and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Cause now that you mentioned infusion, it was mm-hmm. called the infusion suite when I went for my, okay. for the chemo. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like you mentioned, it is very humbling just to walk in there. Even with me being diagnosed, it was still humbling because mm-hmm. people have, um, different stages, you know, right, right. of, of cancer. And it's just, look, I'm able to get up and walk, like, thank God, you know, so it's yeah. just like, you see so many different things. And when you think it, you have it bad, someone else has it work, mm, you know? Yes. So yeah. and you try not to put it in that perspective, but you know, when it comes to praising him and thanking him for where you are right now, that's kind of where it's at. You right. Know? Right. So, yeah. Um, my aunt, um, she had stage four, breast cancer and she did well. She went through the treatments and, you know, she was in remission, but then I'm not sure how long after she ended up getting leukemia. So that's kind of like, um, what, you know, uh, caused her, um, you know, death and she was okay with, um, it, you know, she was at peace where she was, um, you know, on her journey, and things of that nature. So yeah, it's just, you know, I thank God for your story and other stories, you know, to continue to give people hope and inspiration and to see the glory of God, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. So. But, but let me, let me throw this out there. Uh, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know where it's coming from. I'm assuming it's coming from the Holy Spirit, but one thing I'm learning is we can't pick and choose what we get or who leaves us or, or, or whatever the case may be. God is the author and finisher of our faith. And I truly and I firmly believe that even though I had this diagnosis for 37 years, it's not going to destroy me. I'm not going to leave here until God calls me home. Yes. So until then, I'm going to stay on this journey. <laughs> I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'm going to live life on life terms. I'm not going to allow my diagnosis to determine or dictate who and where I go. I'm not going to allow it. Because I know yeah. that greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. Exactly. So here I am. God used me to the any way you want. Yes. Yeah. And you just don't know who story, who you're going to touch, you Amen. know, who, who will be changed by Amen. your story. Because yeah. there's, you know, sometimes we hide behind mm-hmm. diagnosis or things that's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. And you just never know, you know, you could open up your mouth and you could change someone. You know what? I could stop hiding now, Amen. you know? So, and that was another thing with me sharing this story. Like I, I knew, I knew from the beginning that it wasn't my story to keep to myself. It was oh, something man. that I had to share. But for me, I just had to get to a point of where I was comfortable sharing right. because I was still going through my emotional, right. you know, side effects and everything else and trying to understand what was going on with me. So, and that's normal because timing is everything, divine timing, yes. godly timing. That's okay, you know, processing things amen. so you felt ready and comfortable. I'm quite sure that was with him, with amen. myself. Amen. So, amen. That is amen. so awesome that you because- mentioned that. When I, when I, when I got out my diagnosis, it was back in 1985. And I think it was around 92, 93 when I told my parents. I mean, <laughs> they heard about it, but I'm talking about it coming from me. Yes. And my siblings found out late too. So I, like you're saying, and I appreciate you saying that I had to feel comfortable with myself first to be able to share that. 
And, yeah. and now that you mentioned it, I feel more openly now. And here recently in the last couple of years, you know, because right now, uh, I'm not going to say I'll stand on the rooftop, but yeah. when the Holy Spirit leads me to bring it up, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Amen. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes it's just the right people, the right place, and the right, right time. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, and I think to me with his diagnosis, it was more stigmatized. Now, to me with breast cancer, like, I feel like it's not, it's like lifted up because there's walks and there's fundraisers and there's mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of support that you hear mm-hmm. about um, that. But still, you know, I mean, like you said, you had to process it for your own self, you know, about this reality and this new journey. So thank you. So are there any scriptures or practical tools or resources um, to help those, their families, friends um, impacted by breast cancer and what we've discussed so far that you want to share? So, um, yes, <laughs> this is one of the things that I love talking about now that I know, you know, <laughs> so one of the big things I would say for individuals, if you're newly diagnosed or even if you're still going, you're going through the journey is to make sure you, whenever you go to your appointments, have a journal with you so that you're able to write down everything as well as a folder because you're going to receive information and you want to keep everything organized mm-hmm. and you're going to receive so much information. You're not going to remember everything. Mm-hmm. So I would say certainly have a journal and a folder in a recording device. You know, that's another option. And then also have an advocate with you, someone who's going to be there to help remember things that you may have missed. Someone's who's going to be there to, you know, advocate on your behalf um, because there are going to be a lot of questions, a lot of answers. There may be time on decisions that have to be made immediately. So you're going to just need that extra voice to, to just be there for support as well as to ask those questions that you're unable to think about. And then the other big thing is communication. You have to make sure your medical team is all on one accord, especially if they're not located within the same facility or the same network as each other. I can say that I was certainly grateful that I had my, um, I had an oncologist who was also a hematologist. So I was able to receive my blood work and treatment all in one appointment or at one time. And then my radiation oncologist, she was like next door. And then the mm-hmm. surgeon was connected with her. So, nice. you know, with the threes and they held meetings weekly just to go over their patients. But sometimes, you, you know, you may have those doctors who are not as close or as connected. So communication is key because you want to make sure everyone is aware of what's going on when it comes to your medical treatment. You don't want any missteps, you know. <laughs> and then personally, just have grace, you know, like do the hard work because it's going to be some challenging times. It's going to be some times you, you may just not, I don't want to say give up, um, but just from talking to different people where they felt like they couldn't move forward. So hard work, just be grateful for where you are and have lots of patience because the journey is a patient process. It's a timely process. It's not something where you're diagnosed today and you're cured tomorrow. It's something where you're going to go through some weeks and weeks, maybe even months of treatment. Um, things may not work. You know, you may get one medication to help with nausea. It may not work. So you may have to switch over to something else. So mm-hmm. it's going to require a lot of patience from yourself as well as from your family, and your support system. 
The biggest piece I would share is just being open with how you're feeling and what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Don't hold it in because that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna, <laughs> it's going to be more harmful than helpful. So so let it in. And and there are safe spaces you can connect with. There's nonprofits out there you can connect with to that will allow you to give you that safe space. I've also worked with um, ladies as well as the advocate, um, just providing that safe space, even while going through treatment. You know, I was able to talk with um, a few other ladies who were under the age of 40, like myself, who was going through it. And just to share some of the things that they may experience. One of the big things I experienced was I lost all of my hair. Um, (laughs) That was... I was prepared because my doctor prepared me for it. But I think when it happens is when you're really like, oh, gosh, this is really happening right right now. So that was a big thing. There are going to be changes to you. And then as for scriptures, like I... I have three that I want to share. You know, okay, right. <laughs> and I'll share, you know, I want to share why, um, why as well. So the first scripture I'll share is first Thessalonians fifth chapter 16th from 18th verse is rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that just reminds me of gratitude and giving thanks always, regardless of what you're going through. Just give thanks to God because you're actually here to see another day. You're here to speak another word, you know. Um, And June, June of last year, I actually did a gratitude series. I was that's when I actually shared with the world that I was going through treatment and um, it's, I believe it's still on Instagram, but I did a series on gratitude, just sharing what I was thankful for. Because at, at that point in my journey, like it was like so many different things I was so thankful for. And it's just those small pieces mm-hmm. that you don't even realize, you know, realize that, you know what, this brings me joy at this moment. So um, the next verse is James 4th chapter, 7th and 10th verse. I'm not going to read the verse because... um all three, the the New Living Translation, the NIV, and the Message Version, they all give you different standpoints. But it pretty much talks about humbling yourselves before God and resisting the devil and let God share his work in you. Amen. So, you know, please open your Bibles and read it. Um, I can read a word. I do have the Message Version, but, but the, please open your Bibles and read it and meditate on it. And this was something big for me today. Be, um throughout the journey because it was about surrendering daily daily to God. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I had to learn and I had to release control, relinquish control. And I had to surrender every single day to God just to walk through this journey. Um, I just remember when I would wake up in the morning, I'd be like, thank you, God. And I immediately go to my word. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you. Thank you. When I was in pain, thank you, God. Like just constantly surrendering him. And it also taught me that for the most challenging times in my life, like I was able to stand in the word because I learned to surrender to him daily. You know, there's a difference to me between standing on the word, you know, because on the word, it's like, it's a rock. You're standing on it, but in the word, it's like you're covered, you know, you're covered by the spirit, you're covered by God. So that was the prayer or the verse that I related to surrendering daily to God. 
And then the third verse is Jeremiah 17, 14 NIV. And I actually have this still posted on the wall in, in our bedroom. And it says, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved for you are the one I praise. And this is all about healing and praising, praising and healing. Like you got to praise God through everything you go through. Mm-hmm. Even when it's bad, you know, in the midst of the storm, still praise him. You may yeah. look crazy. You may sound crazy, yeah. but you praise him and keep your eye on him because he's the one that's going to bring you through the pain, you know. <laughs> and I just remember at times where the days I couldn't eat or I couldn't keep anything down and it was like, you know, I'm over here vomiting my guts out and I'm still like praising God. Like, thank you, God. Like it just, it may have sound crazy, but it was just like, I was just thankful just to even be here. You know, mm-hmm. it just took you to those moments, especially when you are up close and personal with death. Cause I was fine. I looked fine and everything until, you know, when I got the diagnosis, I still look fine and healthy. It was when I started going through treatment is where mm-hmm. the changes occurred. So it was just one of those things that I have to praise him always. You know? Yes, praise God. And that brings me to remembrance with my aunt, you know, who had stage four and she went into remission um, and then she had leukemia. But one thing that stood out when you said praise him, because she had wrote something out and had given to me and she's like, you got to praise him through the storm. You got to praise him before the breakthrough. You just got to praise him. So that's what it's about. You know, I feel like God knows what he needs to do in us and through us and where he has us um, to be to get that, you know, because at the end of the day, like we take so much stuff for granted, you know, yes. and when you kept saying the theme I kept hearing from you is you was grateful and thankful for another day, <laughs> you know, no matter what your body was feeling, but, and that's, that's profound. It's profound. And, um, you know, my hope for those that have survived. And I love how you say, I wanted you to break this down a little bit before we wrap up. Um, Sir Thriver, um, you know, (laughs) which is phenomenal, but the scripture that comes to mind, in addition to the ones you mentioned in the Bible, so awesome for so many, uh, scriptures, but the amplified translation from Philippians one, 21 states, for me to live is Christ. He is my source of joy, my reason to live and to die is gain for I will be with him in eternity. And so, you know, sometimes people don't finish the journey here. You know, their healing is on the other side in heaven. And so, you know, for those that are listening that have loved ones who have passed away from cancer, breast cancer, you know, just know that like that scripture is you know god's promise you know and um so yeah i just thank you for sharing we've been so blessed but could you uh explain sir thriver what does that like mean so thriver is someone who goes through something very difficult um extremely hard but they're able to come out on the other side like you know and even as you're walking through it you're still able to come out better than you were Amen. you're able to come out even during the ordeal like you know what i'm going through this but i'm not allowing it to take me down i'm Amen. not allowing it to turn me into a bitter or a negative person i'm still going to show up the way i need to show up however i show up and still be grateful for the moment and just work through it Amen. 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 Praise God. Yeah. But, you know, what you said about healing, I agree with you um, about God's promises for us to be healed. And I think that maybe sometimes it may be one of the 
I don't want to call it misconceptions, but I'll use that word for now because, you know, when we think of healing, a lot of times we think of having our healing here on earth. Mm -hmm. But like you mentioned, we're going to be healed regardless, whether it's here on this side of earth Mm -hmm. or in eternity. And that's the part I think where sometimes we may feel confused, you know, because I'll hear, you know, someone passed from, you know, for instance, someone may have passed from breast cancer. Oh, she lost her battle. She didn't lose her battle or he didn't lose her battle. They actually won, but the healing is just not here on earth. It's with God in eternity. So, so yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up and you mentioned it because it took me a while to understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. You have anything? And, 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 and unfortunately, there are certain things that certain people are not going to understand because a lot of times it takes spiritual maturity. Because some things that we can agree with that other people may not understand because they're not there yet. See? Yes. Because God deals with us in seasons. Yes. Everybody's not on that level as maturity to receive that because some people look at dying as like, oh, it's the worst thing that can happen to you. But the way I look at death, when it's my time to come, I'm going to embrace it because I know in order for me to get to heaven, I got to leave here. Mm-hmm. I, I can't enjoy the pressures of heaven on earth because it just don't work that way. And so whatever is my time, God, here I am. So, yeah, I wanted to uh, read like something really short that um, was written by Olivia Summer Hutcherson. And uh, she was diagnosed really young and she, you know, went through a lot. And I think she's in preventive treatment, even though like, She said, like, one area is questionable, but she states, I woke up the same way I always do, grateful to see another day. I had my quiet time with Jesus, read Romans chapter 8, learned about suffering, glory, and thank God in advance for my healing. I prayed for my friends, family, and even those who have come against me. I put on my most comfortable sweatsuit, a little mascara, and, of course, my J-Lo hoops. By 10 a.m., Mama D and I were on our way to the hospital, but I couldn't help but feel like I was tired of fighting this morning, tired of the needles, tired of the beeping, tired of the sickness permeating the hallways. I was tired of the waiting rooms and bald heads passing me by, tired of depressed faces and seeing people cry. Before I could even exit the car, though, I paused and remembered, I'm still alive. And then she goes down to say, I thought of such and such and my eyes were no longer dry. These women fought until they flew up to paradise. So I stopped my complaining and let my spirit rise. Whatever you are facing, keep going for the ride. As long as there is breath in your body, God is on your side. And I think that was treatment she had number, uh, today's treatment number 49. So she's like in preventative treatment. Like she was saying that she'll be getting for the rest of her life. And stuff. So I was just like, when you were talking, it just kind of, you know, allowed me to like remember some of the things that stood out based on what you shared that just being grateful to be alive and like some of the things that you've experienced, maybe I'm quite sure you could have relate to what she, you know, was saying. And, and so it's just, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I thank you for sharing that. Like I could I could envision the whole just experience, even my experience, you know. And and even with how she shared like about people who passed away, it's like, you know, when you go into those effusion treatments, when you see the same people because you're on a schedule, you know, mm-hmm. you have your appointments on a particular day around a particular time and usually um 
you you meet up with the same people and mm. someone's missing, you know, hey, where is she? You know, not right. like where so it was just one of those things where you you know, you may not always talk all the time, but you were there, your presence mm-hmm. was there with each other. So I, I certainly felt that. Amen. Community is so important and it uh, brings to mind, like I know the church that we attend, they have a, a cancer survivors and caregivers ministry. And I know you had said, like you had mentioned nonprofits, whatever God, you know, wherever God um, allows a person to connect, because I'm quite sure that support is so significant. Like you said, that safe space. Yes. It's so important. So, so now we're going to just have closing comments and thoughts. Um, you know, um, I wanted to mention, I know it's been said that in, I guess, Black women, they tend to die from breast cancer at a greater percentage than like other ethnicities. And that also like um, the Susan G. Coleman, they have a helpline, um, you know, so their number is one eight seven seven. Go Coleman or one eight seven seven four six five six six three six uh to be able to help people who may uh like they have sliding scales or like based on your income uh or who may not have insurance that could get like a screening um that you know to not take for granted because sometimes there's barriers to why like you said you were in a pandemic you know but sometimes people have barriers to transportation to like not maybe having insurance and things of that nature. So I just wanted to put that out there because I know for me, it was convenient when like where I work, we had saw like a major known hospital had everything set up and it was just convenient for me. I was like, I'm going to knock this out before it's really my time. It was perfect. So I didn't have to like schedule it when it was that time, you know, it wasn't, you know, I was allowed to do it and um, it's just a blessing, you know, so yeah. Yeah. And, and that was one of the, one of the, the statistics too, when I was going through with it, you know, just black women are dying at alarming rate mm-hmm. from it. And when we're diagnosed, usually we're diagnosed at a more advanced stage or mm-hmm. more aggressive. So it was just all those different things. Um, and one of the things I am working on as we prepare for, um, breast cancer awareness month is hopefully I'll, I'm able to compile a list of places where you can go and get screenings because um, from what I understand, a lot of places do offer free screenings, especially during breast cancer awareness month. So, awesome. um, and just recently, I can't remember the name of the nonprofit, but they were offering free screenings as well for the Philadelphia and Jersey area. So the information is, it's out there, but it's not out there unless you're looking for it. So I'm hoping to pull it together so that we can get the the word out there. And I think that it's more people are starting to voice their opinion. But, you know, like for me, it was like stepping into something new. So maybe it's louder for me because I'm in it now and I hear it and I mm-hmm. see people working and trying to push it. But, yeah, it, it all starts, you know, with, with putting your health first, putting yourself first mm-hmm. and, and just doing those preventive care and also family history. That's a big piece yeah. too. Knowing and understanding what's in your family history on both the paternal and maternal side, right. because that can also help with, um, you know, pre-screening measures as well. Right. Especially like depending on the dynamics of the relationship piece of it, of you being able to have it sooner than like what yes. the recommended age is. Exactly. And yeah. Like those mobile vans are awesome too. Cause I do remember um, as well at our church, they had the mobile van that, you know, allowed women to be able to go on and, and get screened. So amen. So this was awesome. 
Praise God. Like, um, we just thank you. So at this time, please feel free to share your contact information if you're led to do so, um, your website, like whatever you're led to share at this time, if you feel okay. led. I can be found on, um, at my website is IamLatoyaKCooper.com. And I also can be found on both Instagram and Facebook as well under I am Latoya K. Cooper. And I also wanted to share that I'm starting a, it's called I Love My Breast Monthly Reminders. And it's going to be a monthly reminder where if you sign up, you'll receive a reminder to do your self-breast exam. Also, just put yourself first and keep you informed about your health. The reason I'm starting this is because as I was going through my journey, people would ask me, how did I find out? And when I told them about the breast, the breast self exams, you know, they were like, oh, I don't know the last time I did mine or yeah, it's been a while, you know? So that was one of the things I was like, you know, once I get through this, I'm just going to start some type of initiative to just remind women to just do your self exams once a month, at least, you know, as a reminder. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Look at God. Look at God. Amen. So, yeah, so we just give God the glory. We've been so blessed and we pray that those who will listen will be inspired and blessed as well. Did you have anything you want to share? Well, at least I want to thank you for what you're doing. Uh, like I said earlier, God allows us to go through things, not for our own account, but so we can help inspire somebody else to go through it also. So I just thank God uh, for your obedience, for your willingness, for your patience, and all that you're doing. Keep up the good work, sister. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I just, you know, I hope even if I just touch one person, save one life or someone just even go and get a mammogram. I'm First grateful time. for that. Amen. And I love your quote. Did you want to say your quote? <laughs> I love your quote before we get, uh, before we go. Uh, I love your quote. Let me see. All right. It says, uh, when it's your call and show up, you never know who you are helping by you, Latoya Cooper. Amen. Amen. I thank you. Thank you. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you as well, both of you. Thank you. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our story along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.